8 through 23. Starting with um, verse 4, um, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul here is encouraging us to program our minds with, with thoughts that are true, honorable, Right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy to praise. Let me ask you this. Do you struggle with impure thoughts? You know, do things come out of your mouth which are not godly? And you wonder where did I come from? Then... I would have to ask you this. What are you pouring into your mind? What kind of movies or TV shows are you watching? What kind of people are you hanging out with? If they're non-Christian, or if they're, you know, are they influenced, are you influencing them for God? Or are they influencing you in a negative way? Because we are to mingle with the sinners, non-believers. Jesus did. But we are not also to be influenced by them. We are to stand out and not be like them. Suppose, suppose you had the honor of Jesus himself to spend a day with you at your own home. Would what you're watching on TV, TV um, would you want him to see it? Is it something that you would want to watch in front of him? Or would it be a problem with him watching it with you? You know, if you heard him coming into the room, would you quickly change the channel? Or shut the TV off? Put on Sesame Street? If that's the case, then you should not be watching. As Christians, we can be so immune to the sin around us that we become numb to it. When it doesn't bother you, and you just let that little bit in, there's a problem with that. We may even try to justify that the sin isn't so bad by trying to compare it to other sins. You can always find someone or something worse or better if you compare in this world. But who you should be comparing it to is Jesus. That'll put it right in its place. And don't don't fall into this trap. It's a dangerous place to be. 
And if you keep playing with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. You know, <clears throat> don't try to candy coat sin. No amount of sin at any level is sweet in God's eyes. We are to hate it at any level because <clears throat> we are made in God's image. We should hate sin with all our, with all our strength. And God hates all levels of sin. To him, sin is sin. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 5, verses 6 and 7. It says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Paul here was addressing a Corinthian church who was having problems, who was struggling, struggling with sin. He's reminding them here, just like a little leaven affecting a whole lump of bread, so does a little sin allowed in our lives. And any we may have in our lives, we need to remove. I bet you if you were to ask people who have fallen, they would all tell you, I don't know how I got there. But they will tell you too that it started with a little. Just a little bit. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing and then becomes a monster. And you'll wonder how you got there. Personal example, I am the first to admit that I am far from perfect. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. But one of the things I like to continue to pray with my wife is that we stay teachable at all times. That we never think we got it all together or we arrive to perfection. That's not until we arrive in heaven. We would just be deceiving ourselves. For me, I give myself boundaries. I draw that line in the sand and I really try my best never to cross it. I truly fear falling into any of these traps. You can ask Bob Coy. Anyone like him.
and I truly fear it, was I know I'm capable if I allow myself in situations. You know, if you use those excuses, I can handle it. I'm strong enough. I'm or we are secure there. Let me tell you, if you think any of these things, you are just fooling yourself. And you're setting yourself up for a fall. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You can't handle it. Remember what Jeremiah 17.9 says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It tells it all right there. Can't trust your heart. You know, the second Adam ate of the tree, sin entered the world. This is a fallen world. Don't be surprised when you mess up. But don't ever trust in yourself. Don't trust in what you feel. The opposite of what the world would do. Do what you feel. I'm grateful I didn't do what I felt in every situation in my life. I am really glad. Probably would have done time by now. You know, there is just too much at stake. There's too much to lose. Look what Bob Coy lost. God just blessed that Gave him such a blessing there, and he blew it. And he hurt so many people. And you know, the world will try to fool you and say that sin does not affect you. And as long as I do it behind closed doors, it doesn't. It affects everyone around you. If not right away, it will. But instead, do what's right before God. And if, you, and if you do that, you can't go wrong. God will, got, God will have you back. Let's continue with verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, at last... Your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of this, the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. 
For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable <clears throat> sacrifice, <clears throat> excuse me, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus. Now to, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here Paul addresses the Philippians by saying how grateful he was for the gifts they gave him and for their concern for him. And he praises the Lord. He gives credit where it due. God was doing it through these people, and he knew it. You know, but notice in verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Notice, Paul didn't know it right away. What words stood out to me is he learned. Which indicates that he had to learn it. And it was a process. Let me ask you this. Are you content? And no matter what situation you're in. Or. Are you always seeking. Stuff. To fulfill that need. Let me tell you, that stuff will never last. It is going to be temporary. It may last for a little while, but it will not last. Who here or who are listening to this, who, who are listening to this message, desire this kind of contentment in their own life? I know I do. My daughter does too. To be content no matter what situation is around you. You know what? Let's change the scenario now. What if Paul felt because of being a Christian a while? You know, maybe because he has read the Bible eight times through. Went to all the Bible studies he could. He felt he had it all together. The outcome would have been much different. First, many would have missed out. Maybe when he was in prison, he would have panicked, stressed out, experienced anxiety. He may have focused on himself rather than others. So he may not have written all those, these letters to encourage. 
things would have been much different. It not only would have affected Paul, but it also would have affected all he would have had encouraged. He would have missed out, and those people that he ended up encouraging would not have been encouraged. It would have been a whole total different scenario. One very important characteristic I noticed about Paul, he not only knew he wasn't perfect, but he was teachable. And he knew he had things to learn. And so many things we learn not only influences us, it also influences those around us. If you have someone in your life who loves you and has your best interests in mind, if they are saying something to you that may not may hurt, may bother you at first, listen to what they are trying to tell you. Consider why they're telling you. Prayerfully consider it. Ask the Lord if what they are telling you is true. Is it something you either need to put off, remove from your life, or need to grow in? As Christians, this world is our classroom, and there is so much to learn. Learn and grow into the person that the Lord wants you to be. Life here is so short, as many of you probably already know. And he has a purpose for you. So don't miss the bus. Don't miss out. So, what was the secret Paul learned on how to do this? You know, to be content in all things. Was it by getting more organized? By taking meditation classes? By using meds? Now, don't get me wrong. I know people will get offended by that. But I know God has allowed us to have meds. But I really believe that it's overused. Doctors overprescribe and people overuse. Or was it positive thinking? Was it anything he did? Anything? Remember verse 13. I can do all things through Paul, who strengthens me. Was it Paul? No. I can do all things through who? Christ. Who strengthens me? I'm not saying that some of those things are not of some help. Believe me, I need to be organized. Believe me, ask my wife again. I need to be organized. But it's not of anything we do, it's by God's power in us and through us. If you are a Christian and want this kind of commitment, uh, a contentment Paul is speaking of here, you can have it. 
You can have it. But if you ask not, you get not. Simple. It's not of anything this world has to offer. And it's not of ourselves, but of God. If you try, and if you try to tell the world this, they'll think you're nuts. But you can't expect them to understand it. You know, their eyes are still covered. They're blind. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. They don't have the understanding of the Word of God like we do. So don't expect them to understand. But this kind of power, we receive as children of God, is supernatural. It's beyond any of the natural abilities of this world. Paul learned and understood this. Christians don't take this for granted. What you have in Christ. It's a power which exceeds anything in this world and you have it available to you. Do you realize that? You have a, a power that's beyond anything of this world. And you have access to it. Why not tap into it? It's like settling for dog food when you have steak. Why, why would you want that? Then in verses 21 and 23, Paul extends his greeting and blessing. Starting with verse 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren are with me, are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You know, in closing, for those of you who are Christians, I want to encourage you. No matter what you might be going through right now or may go through in the near future, even if God does not choose to remove you from that situation right away. You could be content. Lean on him and his promises. Seek the power you have as children of God. Remember, if you ask not, you get not. Also remember, this is something Paul had to learn. It's a process. As long as you have a teachable heart, you will grow. And what you learn is endless. So don't get discouraged. Believe me, I've been there. Just don't get discouraged. Keep pressing on. 
And don't try to compare yourself to others. Because we all grow at different paces. Just be where God wants you to be. And you'll grow in the pace that he wants you. And somebody will be looking up to you one day. In a way that they need encouragement, you'll give it to them. And if you aren't saved and you want to know how to have this kind of relationship with your Creator, please ask one of us. We'd be happy to talk with you. Because I must be honest, if you're not saved, you will never have this kind of contentment in any situation. It just won't last. You need to have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the most important decision that anyone could ever make in their whole life. And you won't regret it. You can ask any of us. It's not an easy ride sometimes, but it's definitely worth it. And lastly, as Paul stated, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let us pray.